Welcome. Welcome. To Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. Welcome to Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. We are today talking about The Punisher, right? That's fun. Which one? We'll get into that. I'm one of the hosts, Cameron. Hi, I'm Allie. That one's and sitting I'm next Robert. to me. And he's not sitting next to me. He is sitting in Costa Rica. Is that where you fled to? After the government, you know? <laughs> so The Punisher is uh, a movie with Dolph Lundgren. So you, you've probably heard of the character, the Marvel character, uh, but what you might not have heard of is the Dolph Lundgren 1989 film which I guess was released in 1989, but briefly, and then it got re-released in 1991, and no one remembered that it was a thing. Was this in theaters both times? I don't know. I couldn't find a definitive answer. So what I read is that they tried to release it, and it didn't really work out so well. So I assume it went on a limited release run, and then died out pretty quickly. It got pulled probably pretty quick. And then they tried it again in 1991, after the success of the Batman films. I have a I'm wondering if there was also a certain amount of like reshot reshoots because one of my notes for this is that there is dubbing all over this movie. There are several characters that it's just clearly not their voice speaking. Yeah, that definitely happens throughout this. But yeah, it's uh, if you haven't seen it, it is a lot of fun. And if you've seen the other other Punisher movies, then you kind of know what you're in for with this. It's a guy with guns who shoots people. That's literally the basis for the film. Yes, and so. thanks to one of our Twitter followers for this suggestion. That's also the thing. Yeah, this is our first fan-recommended one, which is fun. So I'm um, happy. He actually suggested, that. like, I guess the, the train of thought here was he was watching the Deep Blue Sea one, and then he was like, Thomas Jane is also the Punisher. And he's like, but the Dolph Lundgren was better. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't need more Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane is not in this movie. But he's spectacular in the other Punisher movie, which is also not a good movie. Uh, but I, like I was telling Allie about this, there's three Punisher movies and they're all bad, but in different ways. And yeah. I, I think that's kind of adorable. I think it's good that you keep making the same character over and over again, but you keep messing up in different ways. Like you just can't get it right. Though John Travolta was great in the Thomas Jane one. He's amazing. Oh. <laughs> he's the main bad guy. No, I remember. I'm yeah. just laughing at you saying he did a great job. He he doesn't. No, you're misunderstanding. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying he's great. All right, oh, he's enjoyable oh, okay. to watch. He's the most overly flamboyant villain I think they've ever had in a Punisher film, and mm. it's incredible to watch. Anyway, this movie, right? This movie. This movie. So basically, the whole plot is the Punisher ends up helping a group of mobsters that he was planning on taking down in the beginning um, to take down another group of mobsters, the yeah. Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's killed 125 mobsters in the last five years, which is a pretty high number. Yeah. And somehow they're still around. He still hasn't wiped them out. But the last second, he's like, you know what? I'll help you. <laughs> Because there's children involved, because the Punisher cares. The, I mean, it's the whole, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend thing, maybe? Though, actually, the enemy of his enemy was not his friend. It became his enemy. So the enemy of my enemy is my enemy. Yeah, this is only a movie of enemies. <laughs> and really one is. thespian. 
in one thespian who I read is supposed to be the, he's supposed to be like Frank Castle, who is the Punisher, if you don't know. Uh, he's supposed to be Frank Castle's inner conscience in the film, but he doesn't come off as that to me at all. Anyway, so the movie starts with uh, the super duper bad guy who is one of the heads that actually killed Frank Castle's family. If you don't know, Punisher's family was killed in choose one, usually an explosion. And in this case, it was a car bomb that was meant for him. And but why? it's a car bomb that goes off and locks the doors. <laughs> yeah. That's smart thinking though. <laughs> Otherwise you can just get out. No, but like why, so, why was there a car bomb meant for him? Was he already the Punisher? So this is a scene that we missed in the film because they chose not to include it. They filmed it. They filmed a whole intro to this movie that is not in it. And in that intro, we see Frank Castle as a cop, we see him hunting down the mob, and then we see the mob retaliate and blow him up. But it oh. was intended for him, but instead his family blew up. However, the movie doesn't really tell you that. It kind of plays with it. So that's like the intro of that you don't get in this Punisher film. So he's going to kill this guy. This guy gets out of prison after being in there for half a decade. Punisher goes into his mansion. He wrecks the place. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but he essentially kills the dude who killed his family and causes a bunch of martinis to be smashed. And that's like Dramatic. the intro we get to the badass Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Uh, but after after the mansion is kind of like turned to rubble, this is kind of when the whole plot kicks off because we meet uh, the most cliche detective that you've ever seen because you've seen him in multiple movies. He's just Danny Glover and every movie Danny Glover's in, hmm. uh, but it's not Danny Glover. But it's just a bunch of cliche detective talk. Like, sir, I was top of my class, so let me be your partner. Uh, I work alone. And he didn't say I'm too old for the shit, but I really, really wanted him to say I'm too old for the shit. He does retire in the movie, though. But anyway, so what we learn basically is, like, they're talking about the mansion, and we learn through this and a random airport scene that are kind of gelled together that... Frank Castle has been dead for five years. So nobody even knows that he is the Punisher. But not only do they not know he's the Punisher, they say the Punisher isn't real. It's like a Batman thing where they're like, nah, it's a myth. It's a, the guy who blew up this house. Is a, Someone would have had to blow up the house. So the house did yeah. not blow itself up. And but, he leaves calling cards. Like, there's no question that he's not real. He's, and I also thought there was a one of the uh, reporters said... Is it true that it might be Frank Castle who might have survived? I'm like, oh, well, if the news already has guessed it, then this isn't really a secret identity anymore. Well, yeah, and not only that, he literally stands at the front of the mansion with a bunch of news reporters right there. Nobody caught a picture. Yeah, I mean, who yeah. else is six foot five that's going to be doing this, right? There's video cameras. I mean, like, I imagine you have something. But whatever. But so they say, so we learn that nobody believes the Punisher is real except for our lead detective, who is uh, Frank Castle's old partner. And then after we're introduced to the detectives, we're introduced to the mob side of New York. Cue Godfather. Cue the exact like restaurant Godfather cliche that we always yep. get in mobster movies now. So thank you for that, Godfather. And basically, this is just a real quick scene where they're just like, we're the bad guys, we're mobsters, we sell junk. They say junk on the streets. Um, even though they're talking in their own restaurant. So I don't know exactly what they sell. Is uh, it really junk? I don't know. Maybe. Or do they sell drugs? Maybe they're just like a Salvation Army. They just sell junk. 
anyway, we learn that they sell drugs, uh, and then it immediately cuts to another scene where we're introduced to yet another person who is to be kind of important in this film. And he's just a thespian getting drunk at a bar. And I don't get how the fact that he's a thespian matters. Because he's an actor. Yeah, he never does. I kept expecting like, oh, they're going to do a thing where he's going to pretend to be, and I'm the Italian mafia, and and I'm going to like lure you into it. No, he it, it does not matter that he's, they keep saying thespian, he's an actor, except for the fact that he occasionally speaks in rhyming couplets. Which bothered me because like I was telling Ali, if this had been a DC movie, there's a character called Etrigan and he speaks only in rhymes. So the entire time he keeps doing this, I'm like, if this was a DC movie, that would have been the demon dragon thing from hell. But instead it's just an asshole who rhymes. It's just a joke because (laughs) he's slightly flamboyant. and And he's a thespian. He is just bedraggled the whole time. Yeah. He looks awful. I mean... It's basically just a joke that he's like an out-of-work actor. Yeah. And they have this whole thing with him. We get the whole thespian thing. He walks out not getting enough drinks. He gets kicked out of the bar or whatever. And then he's lured with a bottle of whiskey in the back of an RC truck to an alley that Punisher's driving blindly. And (laughs) Punisher then has a conversation with him in an alleyway. It's the dumbest dumbest scene. I will say the atmosphere, though, looks very Batman 1989 to me, which a lot of scenes in this do. And they came out in the same year, which I think is funny. So they didn't really copy each other. They just happened to look the same. But Batman did it better and was way more successful than this. But yeah, so he leads the thespian into an alley. They have a conversation. And then we go to a dockyard scene, which is what the conversation is. He's like, they're going to have junk at the docks, which I don't know how he knows this. I don't know when he's ever met the mob. I know. He knows any That's of another thing. He keeps saying he's a thespian, but like he's the Punisher's in to the mob. Yeah. And it's like, why does the mob trust this asshole? Yeah. Lord yeah, knows. exactly. How is he finding things out? There's a there's a scene later where they're trying to find something and this guy knows where it is. It turns out it was a trap or something, but how did he find that out? He's just a drunk. He's not even popular at the bar that he was kicked out of. No. He's not just a drunk. He's a thespian. So anyway, so then we got the dockyard scene. And as we've talked about with Miami Connection, this is like any drug busting scene you've ever seen, honestly. It's like the same thing, including ninjas, right? And we're going to go more in depth on this scene because it's really fun. But just to kind of give you like a quick thing, basically the Yakuza show up to, to attack the regular mobsters in New York and then they battle and the whole junk selling is ruined. And this is our introduction to the Yakuza. I have a question. Yes. I could just be, my brain's not working, but do all of these like Asian culture things line up? Are the Yakuza Japanese or Chinese or something else? They're Japanese. They're Chinese and Korean. See, this is what I thought. We just said two different things. I was pretty certain they were Japanese. See, that's what I was sure of too, but then I looked it up and it says Chinese and Korean there is a Japanese Yakuza, though. But the movie does specifically mention China. So Okay, but like, so are, what culture are ninjas from? Now, that's Japan, and so are samurai, which, I'm, like, there's a lot of yeah. samurai masks and no, training. Ninjas are also then, from China, though. 
But then, like, where are geishas from? Because she's a geisha later. Is that true? I think this might just Japanese. sort of, as evidenced by our own confusion about it, it's a, uh, it's a, there are fuzzy dividing lines, and also I don't think the movie cared. No. Okay, I think so, it was just Asia. So there is a Chinese equivalent to the ninja, but they are specifically supposed to be Japanese. Okay, but yeah. ninja apparently stems from Chinese. So, but... Wait, so, wait, wait, okay, one more thing, though. What okay. is a geisha? Where a geisha is Japanese. Okay. That's absolutely that Japanese. So I do know that one. Uh, but so yeah, there see, is a weird blending. So of... this is, that's what I thought, too, though, because that's what I said while we were watching the movie, is I was like, the Yakuza are Japanese. But I guess the more famous Yakuza are Japanese because in China, the more famous mob is actually the triads. I know oh, that. The yeah. triads are like the super hardcore dangerous ones. Even worse. Oh, than okay. Yakuza. So it's probably yeah. There's a yakuza brand. It's sort of like the mafia. There's not really an organization. It could be anywhere, but yeah. um, everybody knows that the mafia is Italian. Therefore, that's what they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. So okay. okay. So so now that we've cleared that up, if we did, no. you're welcome. Just we we cleared <laughs> up the fact that they have blurred lines in weird places and just sort of made it Asian cultures smushed into. One thing. Yeah, it's kind of like Thor, right? Like, is it Greek? Is it Roman? Is it Norse? Is it Egyptian? <laughs> yes. What is it anymore? No one knows. But anyway, so the Yakuza Super Ninja Squad shows up. Uh, they're chucking things. They're killing people. They break up the whole party. Punisher is also there to break up the party. So that's a little fun. It's like the enemy of my enemy is my enemy's enemy. So like everybody's fighting each other. Because of that breaking up, we get the pivotal, you know, like you needed crime lords meeting in a room with a giant table. So, which is always how crime lords meet. They never just meet at like knitting circles, which I think would be fun. I, so the crime lords meet up uh, and the Yakuza again shows up. I don't know how they got into the building, really. Like how they got from the bottom floor all the way up to the top in an elevator. Oh, yeah. And then threatened this meeting that they probably aren't supposed to be able to break into but anyway she does she threatens them they're like nah i don't know and then to prove her threat she kidnaps the kids right so this is one of those parts where like for the first few seconds of this weird kidnapping scene happening i was like wait what's happening what Mm -hmm. are they doing because it's just like dudes in limos just like start grabbing kids off the street or whatever like coming out of school and I had to ask him, I was like, what are they doing? And he's like, they're kidnapping their kids. And I was like, oh, poorly explained. But it's generally just them pulling kids off the street outside of their school in their little uniforms. And then there's one in, like, the kid's bedroom. Like, there's two kids, and they're, like, being babysat, right? And the babysitter has this huge panda bear that sings. And it's like, everything's great, wonderful. I don't know what the line is, but... She she's like talking to them, and then this chick just gets shot through the teddy bear. <laughs> it's the it's the quickest and just like weirdest thing in this yeah, entire montage. Yeah, the bear is just singing, and then she's just shot. Yeah. And they don't even show them taking the kids. It's just like in there, like haha. What if we did this? You got played. Like another coke scene. Oh, it was so bizarre. Yeah, but I mean, that's literally like, it's literally just a montage of kids being picked up, like rich kids being picked up into cars and one lady being shot and a panda getting shot too. And then because these kids get kidnapped, Punisher breaks into an illegal club. This is another scene that I think we're going to dive into. And it's, it's a lot of fun. He just shoots up the club, basically like threatening the Yakuza, who's threatening the mob. And it's just a mess. Like everybody's threatening everybody in this movie. 
because like the detectives are threatening the Punisher, who's threatening the mob, who's being threatened by the Yakuza, who's also being threatened by the Punisher. It's, it's like a love Pentagon. But then we go from the illegal club where he just like breaks up this party to, I don't know how he gets to the amusement park. I don't know how he knows it's there. Is it the thespian that tells him that? Yeah, because this is where the, the like they ride up together, and the thespian is like, "Hey, why don't you give me a gun?" And <laughs> uh, since we're not really going to talk about this, I just want to give this one little uh, line that I loved is the Punisher when the uh, when the thespian asks for a gun goes like, "You don't understand. It's gonna be it's gonna be dangerous in there. You go left, and then you die." And then the thespian says, well, that's what they said about my Hamlet. <laughs> what? <That's> what <laughs> How does that apply? That for... <laughs> like, yeah, a critic once said about my Hamlet, all of the children are inside and they definitely have guns. You're going to die. <laughs> Is this a review for Hamlet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, so he's essentially led to this amusement park. Uh, this is another one of the good fight scenes in this, so we'll talk more in depth about it. But basically, he gets ambushed by the ninja super squad, uh, and he gets kidnapped, which leads us to a torture scene where he finally meets the Yakuza boss. So in this scene, she's uncomfortably rubbing her finger across across Dolph Lundgren's body, right? Well, not even a finger. It's like a like a dagger, tiny dagger that she's got yeah. attached to the tip of her pinky. Yeah, I read that wasn't in the script. Like, the, not the dagger, but the finger part. Like, she wasn't supposed to be rubbing his body down, but she was apparently, as the actress, was obsessed with his body. So she just started <laughs> touching his body. <laughs> Which is really uncomfortable because he's uncomfortable in that scene. You can see it. And he's like tied and, to a table. And so. like her finger goes like all the way down right above his groin. Yeah, so it like the, loops underneath the, the belt buckle. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that was that was unscripted. So all she improv on her part. It. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he gets tortured. He then escapes after she leaves. They like go because they're going to go like fuck up a whole restaurant Godfather style. Uh, so they go in there. They murder a bunch of people with sound poison or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. I was really confused about that too. I think it's just regular poison, but they explained it really poorly. They were like, wait, you poisoned the drink? And she goes, no, I poisoned the glass. And then does the like finger around the rim of a wine glass. Yeah. Is yeah. It, she doesn't do it right. Cause she just puts her dry finger on it. Right. Um, and she's holding the glass. So right. it can't actually vibrate. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, none of that works. I'm pretty sure she was just saying, no, like, it's like a, that trick, like, oh, no, I checked the, the, the wine for poison. I poisoned the inside of the glass. But, but, like, the confusing part is, like, they don't start to die until the moment she starts doing the glass singing. And then as she keeps doing it, they die harder. Like, yeah. that's, <laughs> like, just more and more and more. Uh, and then the kids that they stole get stolen by the Punisher is kind of what all this leads to. Uh, he takes the kids back from them, but he forgets one, kind of, sort of, right? He forgets the most important one, which is actually, like, the lead mob boss's son. Yeah, we find I out. think Robert's going to talk about that one. Yeah, so we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that whole thing. <laughs> but then, because of this, he's eventually apprehended by the police, where we find out he's had the 125 murders in five years, which, again, like, 125 murders, and people are still like, you're not real. Come on. When he has, like, all these special daggers with, like, the skull on the end that he just leaves in bodies. It's like the Batman one I've always gotten, because, like, Batman's beating up random thugs in the streets, and, like, people in Gotham get beat up by random people all the time. So it's like, you find a body who's beaten up, and he claims a bat did it. 
whatever. The Punisher killed 125 people. With no and mask. leaves calling cards. It's, yeah. He just, like, stabs the last guy with a knife with a skull on the end of it. Right. And people, is, and they're still like, he's not real. The skull on the knife is literally the only skull in it. He never wears the real outfit. Yeah. No, like he the doesn't. The skull on the shirt or the really long, awesome leather trench coat. It nope. should be said, too, that Marvel wanted them to use the symbol. They did not stop them from using the symbol. They actually approved mm-hmm. the symbol use and were hoping it was going to be shown. But then the director decided he wanted to do something different. He wanted to be different. So instead they put it on the knife, which is the most boring Ooh. thing. At least put it on the gun, like spray paint yeah. on the side or something. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be cool. Right? That'd be really cool. Uh, but anyway, so he's apprehended by police. We also, we get this whole emotional scene where his partner talks to him and he's like, you could have, like, I've been hunting for you. I thought you were dead or whatever. Like, I do think that's kind of a dick move. Like, you could have told him you're alive. If nothing yeah. else. You could have... if it seems as close as... They, like, I kept waiting for him to be like, they were my children too, Frank. <laughs> they were really great. emotional. He gets, like, real close to him. They get oh, into, yeah. like, the, the silliest little slap fight. Yeah. It's, it's a very... It's sad, right? The context is sad. Anyway... Frank Castle should have sent a letter and everything would have been fixed. But then we go to kind of like, we're nearing the end of the film. The pace kind of picks up. Uh, the police go to move Punisher, which happens a lot in movies. And then of course, like always something bad happens and the bad guys come and they steal Punisher. And then they say, Hey, work with us to save this one child. Like we know you've been killing us off in vast numbers for the last five years. But if you could help us right now, that'd be great. And he's like, sure. Yeah. So then he does. And then we get a buddy cop ending with not a cop, but with the mop boss where they storm the tower and it's basically just tower defense. I want you to read this last part as you typed it. Uh, I, so the last I typed, uh, mob boss and punisher go through a game of tower defense with the Yakuza. They wreck the place, reach the final boss, and then they punish her. And, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the last part. But yeah, oh, that's good too. Uh, yeah, and then we get the very, very end of the movie uh, is naked Frank Castle praying in his sewer apartment that the TMNT very obviously leaks out to him. The end. That's the end. <laughs> Narration and the end. So, yeah. So that's Punisher if you've never seen it. Uh, it's also still Punisher if you have seen it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> but. Yeah, so, like, real quick, what did you guys think of the movie? Have we talked about that yet? I'm just curious. Eh. Um, eh? Oh, honestly, I actually kind of liked it. I, I, I almost wouldn't really, with a few exception, like, a few brief moments that are just really bonkers, it, 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 we'll probably get to some of them when we break down our scenes, but it actually was just kind of like a pretty normal, like, B-action movie from the 80s. There are parts that I like. There are parts that went on a little too long, but overall pretty good. And like in terms of bad superhero movies, I will say it's not the worst superhero movie because there's things like Ben Affleck's Daredevil and that's just atrocious. (laughs) And this is more fun than that, at least, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. So if I mean, like, you know, make up five o'clock shadow on Dolph Lundgren and his inability to carry weapons, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) That aside, he it's still a pretty fun film. Like I, 
it was fun rewatching some scenes, which I did earlier today. But yeah. All right. Uh, so should we break it down, break down some of our favorite bits of the film? So we're going to start with the start of the film, which is the mansion break-in, which is truly one of the greatest starts to a film. I didn't know how I was going to feel about this movie going into it. And then this just, I just lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good opening. It's so stupid. It's so good. So I guess Cam and I both have this one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where to start with it. So he's just kind of like beating up the mob in a mansion, which I guess is their mansion. Well, it's their mansion. And like, like before he even enters real quick, I just think the fun thing about this one is we get like that, uh, the Joel Schumacher Batman, like suit up montage kind of thing, but he's not suiting up because he's already suited up. So we just see random shots of his boots and his clothes. And then he kind of just enters the home through a vent. I guess. Through the six foot five man comes in through a vent. Yeah. And he just starts killing people. I mean, this is where we see the first knife boot. Yes. Um, oh, it's, <laughs> it is the best start to a film when a six foot five man's foot goes through a grate in the ceiling and stabs a man. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know, I'm sorry to break in right now, but I had to rewatch that several times. It's not his boot. He, his arm reaches down and stabs him with a knife. What? Okay. Yes, I had to, because I kept being like, that's so dumb, because I'm trying to, like, picture the physics of it. He's just sort of, like, hovering above the the grate, like, waiting for the guy to walk in, and then right. he just, like, kicks down. Yeah! Does I his mean, arm come sense, through? But I'm, like, 90% sure it was, it was a, a, like, a hand with a knife in it. Either way, no matter which limb went through the grate, the grate didn't pop off as a grate. It literally crumbled a hole through it. Yeah. Is that his hand? Okay, now I don't know. I just rewatched it. Let me see. That's his foot. There's like a That's fringe foot. that looks That's like a foot. glove. That's his Wait. But it does look like a glove. Okay. Okay, so what first breaks angle. through the vent is his foot. I'm positive about that. However, what stabs him? I think is the hand. That's gotta be a hand. So oh my God. So he kicks in, in like less than a second. So this guy doesn't move or get away. He kicks down through the, the, uh, the vent, pulls his leg out and then leans down and stabs him. Okay. Yeah. So that is supposed to be his leg, but what actually stabs him is an arm. Yeah. It is an <laughs> it's arm. It's an arm with you a boot are on right. it, but yeah. it's the wrong boot too, which is why you probably were pretty sure it was an arm because the boot doesn't have any buckles on it. Uh. <laughs> it's like a, it's like your just class A pirate boot that this arm is wearing that he stabs with. Oh my god, with. the realization there—that's just that's like a whole other level of. Yeah, right, and that's, that's how this better. movie begins. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he kicks another dude off the railing. Right, uh, he's basically literally like. So, like, my favorite part is the mobster enters this house, and he's like, you guys go check the house, and then we're going to have drinks, though. It's a really weird, like... Which is why I was saying, is this their mansion? Yeah, it's the mobster's mansion. But why are they checking the house? Because they, they, because they know the Punisher has been killing people over the last few years. Oh. So they're worried about him entering and killing him, because the mob already thinks they know who the Punisher is. So, even though Frank Castle's supposed to be dead... So yeah, so he's like, you know what? I'll get drinks. All right, guys, I'll get drinks as the mob head. You guys go check out the place. And they do, and they get murdered one by one. And the dude who goes off the railing goes off in spectacular fashion. That one is a boot. He definitely kicks <laughs> Yeah, that one's the correct boot. Yes. 
My favorite part in this was the martini drop. The guy who got the martini. He, just, <laughs> he walks he just, in on a hanging guard. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's supposed to be, like, taken aback by this dead guy hanging in front of him. But he just deliberately, like, chucks it on the ground. Like, yes. I'm ready it's to so fight. so forceful. <laughs> it's just the way, too, that he walks in, like, martini time. And then there's a hanging <laughs> dead guard. And he throws him on the ground. It's amazing. It is one of the best scenes. It's also, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, yet, this is the guy who actually killed Frank Castle's family. Right. Like, it's yeah. mentioned just one off when he gets out of prison, which is so weird that this is the first thing to happen in the movie. Like, he right. takes his revenge. Yeah, it's, it is really weird. And it's like, like, for anyone who's seen the Thomas Jane one, this is the character that John Travolta plays in the Thomas Jane one. But instead, John Travolta gets a full movie, whereas yeah, this dude where this gets... this guy just kind of dies. But again, remember, there was supposed to be a full-on intro, which had to have been at least like 15 minutes. So there's like a whole 15-minute part, most likely, that's missing from this movie. Mm. So he probably had more screen time, so there's probably a better than just like, this is a random mobster who you kind of know. He's dead now. Because how does he die? Lundgren blows up the mansion. Yep. And then he's like, the Punisher is still inside. <laughs> He just, like, he stands in the doorway as, like, all the news crews are out there. Like, he poses. Who's that? Yeah, he's yes. like, look, I'm the Punisher. But he's not real, because remember, it's right after this that they're like, no, he's not real. News crews are all over outside, and he stands there and who was standing in front there? of everybody. It oh. was a trick of the light that created a six-foot-five man with a gun. And then my favorite thing, though, is not only is he inside the mansion when it explodes, he walks out through the flames and he's like, I'm the Punisher. What's up? And then he walks back into the mansion and it blows up again. (laughs) Why did he blow it up again? Action movie. It's already on fire. And then he walks into it and just boom. And it's like right after he walks in the front door. Like, did he have a secret way out or something? That was one second of a jump. It's... It's a ridiculously incredible way to show us that the Punisher is untouchable in this film. Yeah. But, like, even more unpunishable, like, unpunishable. 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 That was an accident. Uh, Even more untouchable, we get to the dock scene, right? Which is another one of my favorite scenes in this. Skip, skip, skip. Dock scene. Right. So we skip everything we talked about earlier. And, you know, like, you get to the docks and... The crazy thing about this is, one, the shooting actually starts before the actual action scene does. Because some of the Yakuza aren't wearing masks, and they pull up in a boat, and they shoot some random people on a boat. And Wait, is that them, or was that just random people? I, okay, well, I really hope it's not just random people in New York who happen to also be shooting the mobsters. I, I think those were the French guys that were coming to okay. deliver the That's heroin. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Yakuza aren't wearing masks, and they're using guns for that one, even though they've killed a whole bunch of other people. And literally in the same scene, like one guy fires a revolver to kill one of the Frenchmen, and then the ninjas start throwing things and shooting a spearhead as well, which goes into a dude's eye, which is pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal. And so basically that just like kicks off this whole, they're coming to ruin all of this. And while Punisher is getting ready to snipe people, the Yakuza come in and they start throwing their nail balls. They start shooting whatever they have and chucking oh, knives. Balls. I forgot yeah. about those things. Yeah, they that didn't really... make any sense. <laughs> Why not just use like a throwing star? Why why the nail balls? They don't they're so weird. Like I mean for anyone who doesn't understand what I'm saying, it's literally just imagine a black bouncy ball with nails stuck all through it. That's what it is. <laughs> and they chuck it at people's faces. 
It's amazing. And um, then the actors have to like hold it against their own neck and like yeah. jitter so the blood <laughs> comes out because there's no way this is an effective weapon in real life. No, and I was just gonna say like every time they throw one, it sticks perfectly into wherever they threw it at. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and this is also where we get definite 100% boot knives because they like yes. kick the ground and the knives are out and they like slice people's throats with them and stuff like that. Like, is this too. a thing in the comics? Like, do they typically have boot knives in the know. comics? I, the only movie I've ever seen that uses a boot knife is Wild Wild West with Will Smith. <laughs> that's, that's the only and movie. And The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight does. You're right. Forgot about that. Wow. You saw um, Batman second. I know, right? That's The Dark Knight's not my favorite Batman movie, though. Either, so stick yeah, with Mask of the Batman. Phantasm is the best one. God damn it, you're right. Uh, <laughs> that really is one of the best ones. Wait. It's really good. Anyway, so like the Punisher in this scene, he's just as surprised as everybody else. And he's like literally sitting there with the sniper and he's like, they're killing the guys that I was going to kill. So now I'm going to kill them and the guys I was going to kill. And so he starts doing that, but uh, he gets shot at first and then he picks up a crossbow, which is, I think is what the sniper was that he was actually using, but he picks up a crossbow and fires the bolt into a dude's chest, into a van. <laughs> and then he zip lines down and oh, I yeah. swear to God, the bullets are dodging him. <laughs> Not him dodging bullets because he's going down a straight line. People are shooting directly at him and the bullets are flying past him. Like not even close. Yeah. Not even it's- like... Stormtroopers would be ashamed. It happens all the time. Like there's a there's a uh, ending fight later where I swear to God there are two men with fully automatic machine guns who are maximum three feet away from him and do not hit him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bullets dodge him, but maybe it's because of his great agility. Because when he's holding, this is where we really see him holding a gun. And I <laughs> swear to God, it is the Nutcracker Ballet. Every time he is carrying around a gun. He is like dancing and like prancing and every, it doesn't matter what he's holding, whether it's a machine gun or a pistol, everything is opposed with him and like light footsteps across the screen. And he just starts shooting up everything. I'm not even positive he's shooting at anybody because later on in the film, we do see he will shoot innocent machines as much as possible. And that's just kind of what he does. So who knows what he's shooting at? One of my favorite things in this whole scene though, is he does run after a van and he like, jumps and he gets on top of it and kind of like batman's the van and then he punches the window to get through the guy and then he crashes the van which is kind of a fun scene it's kind of a fun scene and he he like tosses the guy in the water the van goes in the water and then the ninja lady daughter of the head yakuza person in a mask she throws a knife from i swear like three football fields away while he's shooting at her and then the knife hits him and he goes into the water and disappears. It it almost seems like the knife hits him with enough force to knock him into the water. Yeah. Which is just preposterous. Also, can you imagine if he had just like maybe waited for a second in the water and then just popped out and shot all of them as they were standing right there? Less of a movie. (laughs) You get a lot less of a movie, but instead he holds his breath for however long and disappears. Yeah, it's a great, it's a, the whole thing together is a really fun action scene. However, like many of the action scenes in this, I wish they were longer because they're not very long. I realize this scene is like less than three minutes. It's also a lot of really awful cuts. It's, there's like 50 cuts per fight scene. Yeah. And it's all close up stuff. So you really like don't get the full experience of like an actual fight scene most of the time. Yeah. 
It's oh yeah. Most of the time, I was really confused as to like, oh, did did he just get stabbed? Is that person dead? <laughs> Which Especially because sometimes the deaths are like really fucking brutal. There, uh, other times, like the guy who falls off the railing, he falls like ten feet or something, and like is just dead now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which happens a lot. Yeah, but it is a really good. It's like the first time we really see like a full on fight gun scene because the mansion scene isn't really that. The mansion scene is more like a few quick stealth takedowns. Stealth. He kicks a guy over a ledge. No one hears it. But uh, it's a few stealth takedowns, and then he is done. And this one was more like a he actually gets to use guns for only one of three times in this film. So this is where we get to like this awful, like, I guess it's supposed to be like Robert said it was a casino. I think it looks like, like a dive bar or something. Um, I think it looks like a dive casino. It's, I think what really got me is going into the scene, like, you know, she gets in, like, the secret door or whatever, and then she goes down the stairs, but it's, like, literally just lined with, like, glitter string. (laughs) And it's like, so is this supposed to be expensive? And, like, the art directors were just terrible. But, like, everyone in there is, you know, like, gambling and drinking, and they're, like, wearing expensive clothes and their hair is all done up and perfect and it's clearly like the mobster's bar or whatever. Yeah. But it's obviously just a basement. It just, it looks so terrible. It's not even good for like an underground mobster bar, but they all have like the worst like 80s feathered hair. It's all exactly the same. And then like the Punisher is there. There's like one of those typical glass ceiling dome things up there. And uh, the Punisher is up there just kind of chilling waiting i guess he's gonna ambush this place for some reason is this another tip that he got from the thespian like oh they're all gonna be here no yeah he just shows up he just shows the kids get kidnapped and then he just kind of knows where to go this is right after the kids get kidnapped and he's like going to threaten the yakuza because they kidnapped a bunch of mobsters kids i feel like he could spend his time doing more like better things though like taking down the mobsters in the first place and then they don't have any reason to keep the kids he doesn't even really kill that many people in here he doesn't he like, really kill anybody. So he, like, like, one guy. He Batmans through this glass ceiling, which has happened, I swear, in every Batman movie. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's because it's awesome. <laughs> because it's cool. He has a cape, and he busts through the glass. Okay, you nerd. And he's like, I'm about the Batman. <laughs> so the Punisher is not that cool. He just sort of, like, slowly falls down a zipline into the room after he breaks the glass with his Lands boots. on a pool table. Yeah. I don't think a pool table could hold him. And then he doesn't move. He's on the pool table the whole time. He just Everyone has guns. everything. Yeah. And he's impossible to hit on that pulse. Yeah. And he's ha- he brings like four guns. He has like an, a couple automatic rifles. He's got like a shotgun that maybe has explosives in it. It's hard to say. It has a grenade launcher on the bottom. Okay. Yeah. That's what yeah. he's shooting. Yeah. And then he also has, and I don't know, I don't know a lot about guns, but like the world's longest handgun. Yeah. It's like a two foot long barrel. It's like he's stuck two silencers on the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> but so he just, he just starts shooting. It's like normally he goes into places like the beginning scene we just talked about where he's there to kill everyone there. He doesn't kill everyone here. He kills like a few of the guys who run up to shoot him. And then like he just starts destroying property. <laughs> it's an incredibly long scene of him just shooting guns and there's no other sound effect and he's just destroying the pool tables and the poker tables and all the slot machines. And he shoots out all of the bar. It feels like a five minute scene. It literally only happens for like a minute, 30 seconds. 
the whole scene itself is like three minutes. Like from when he, from the lady walking down the stairs to before he breaks through the glass to then after he's trashed the place and the detectives show up. That whole thing takes place in three minutes. But, but it, it does feel like five. Five, okay. like five. Like it's because it feels like the segment of him shooting is five minutes long. Yeah, it really does. Like I literally turned it on earlier and I walked out of the room and then I came back in a, <laughs> like what I thought was a few minutes later and he's still shooting. But no, that's like a minute and a half. But just straight up shooting though. Yeah. Yeah, I listed all those things that he destroys and it literally shows you every single thing that he destroys and then i guess he just kind of disappears you know and the detectives show up and is this the point where like all of a sudden that girl that was like i can be your partner is suddenly actually his partner yeah she just is his partner. she just like is after yeah. he was like no and they have this dumbass conversation where the the woman his partner now is like i think the punisher has the kids and the cop like the cop guy is all like, yeah, it makes sense, but he didn't do it. Yeah. And what? <laughs> That's yeah. So it's like, so she walks up and she says that the police department is accusing the Punisher of taking the kids. The same police department that said that the Punisher is not real is now saying that the Punisher took these children. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then he's, <laughs> that's just when she's like, it makes sense. And he's like, it does, but he didn't do it. What universe does that make sense? He's been around for half a decade. He's never stolen a single child. He's been killing mobsters, not taking their children. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, also, by the way, you noticed how there's like a shit ton of Yakuza dead guys hanging (laughs) around at the various scenes that we've already been to? Maybe they took the kids. I know, I know. That doesn't make any sense either. Well, they actually like apprehend one of the Yakuza, you know, because they have this really awkward scene where they catch one of the guys and then they like rip his shirt in half on his back and they're like, look, the tattoo. That's the part where she asks, can I do it? And he's (laughs) like, yeah. And it's just like... (laughs) But even more than that, he's the uh, the detective, Lou Gossett Jr., is like, hey, this guy's standing like he's hiding something on his back. <laughs> what? <laughs> is he just aware of his tattoo? Just, like, hyper-aware that they're going to know? Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, so this Yakuza guy not only knows that this will get him made, but he's, like, so tense about it. I was like, oh, he's going to have, like, a bunch of cocaine tied to his back or something. No. That would make a lot of sense. Just a tattoo. It, the the whole detective part of this could have just not happened because okay. like all they really do is tell us they took the children did they really someone took children we didn't just see that in a montage the bar is shot up really is it you're standing in it currently we can see that it's all shot up we also just watched five hours of him shooting it up oh my god and i'm sorry i just had a little realization they spend so much like of that plot being like we need to find frank castle Ooh, i'm using a computer to find frank castle we're in the sewers to find frank castle and they just don't find him they like he turns himself in later yeah yeah they're so pointless (laughs) seriously the detectives could have been cut out and this movie could have been made a lot shorter yeah there's really really no reason no i mean this could have just been a revenge story and like I know that they were trying to add some plot in there and some emotion, but they didn't do it anyway. So maybe they should have just not done that because then we could have just had a more fun movie. But anyway, moving on to some of the more fun movie. So we talked about how the thespian leads him to an amusement park. Uh, Fun fact, this setting was not supposed to be in the original film, but it was either the director or the producer kept driving by it, decided they wanted to shoot there. So they did. 
uh, and without permits, you can no, it. I think they got permits. Uh, but they, you can tell that they kind of were like super proud that they got to shoot there because there's just a whole scene of him riding his motorcycle through the amusement park. It's yeah, really it boring. Make any sense. And anyway, he eventually drives into one of the buildings. So I don't. I still at this point in the film, like I know he's led there, but I, I still don't really know why he's there. And I, so basically, he shows up. He walks around multiple corners. He's not very careful. He brings one gun with him, and which is weird for the Punisher. And he then goes into this giant room in this amusement park, and he gets attacked and just ambushed by the Yakuza. Which Yakuza ninjas. I have so many questions. One, it's not like they were having a meeting, so why are they in there? Are they just sitting around waiting for Frank Castle to show up? Because they they seem to have no other purpose. So I guess they were all hanging out, drinking until they heard his motorcycle, and then they all just hid and waited to ambush him. And then two, uh, why are they sliding down the slide? <laughs> and are they waiting in a line to slide down the slide? Because they slide down in rows of five. Yeah. And there's a few of them that do that. It's like three three groups of them that slide down on their knees on this really bouncy slide and they're just firing guns and my favorite thing is he like turns the corner and he's not even in the room yet and they just start firing sliding down the slide like they were too ready for it way too ready for it um this whole scene yeah, is amazing editing, though again yeah if you've <laughs> if you've seen uh the birds of prey movie and you've seen the amusement park battle scene that's in it it's kind of like that with a lower budget and not as fun and no color and no color uh, it's all black. So. Yeah, and there's um, there was one thing that I felt was a real missed opportunity. They get up to like a giant turntable, which I don't understand yeah. what that has to do with anything in an amusement park, but whatever. Yeah, um, it's like the it's like the the base of a merry-go-round kind of with no bars mm-hmm. on it. But they don't get on it. He just punches people. They land on it and just sort of like revolve away from him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like really poorly thought. You could have had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. yeah. And- and like he, one of my biggest problems with the scene, I like I love the scene, but at the same time, one of my biggest problems is he cannot hand to hand combat in this at all. He is okay. the worst hand to hand combat fighter in this. But later in the film, it's like he's a martial arts expert. He's like beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah, yeah and just generally he has terrible form. He yeah. flops his limbs all over the place. His back is always bent in weird ways. Yeah, I mean he looks like a total idiot. He just reminds <laughs> me of Michael Sarah in Arrested Development with the lightsaber in the garage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so like he's fighting all of these uh, ninjas, and then at some point he realizes like he's got to get away. I think is what he is thinking, but he's just like shooting and running. And then he gets on his motorcycle and he drives to the second floor. He drives to the second story of the building he's in instead of just driving back out. And I don't know why. And I have no idea what his plan so was. why is he driving a motorbike inside he's, of an amusement He's so place. stoic, too, because he's just, like, looking forward and he's not, he has no emotion on his face. And then the bad ninja lady jumps out and she throws a chain after a few seconds of the motorcycle has passed and somehow catches it and throws him off of it with her amazing Superman strength. And then he falls on the floor back down to the first story Mm -hmm. where he then has the worst fist fight I've ever seen. 
Yeah. It's just a lot of flailing and him hitting people in the stomach until eventually he finally gets knocked down and kicked in the face like five times. Yeah. It also goes on for a really long time considering that beyond the five guys who are beating him up, it's like a ring of a dozen guys who all have guns trained on him. Like, okay, I get it. This scene is over. He lost. Why are we still dragging this out? You gotta punish him. You punish the punisher. And then my least favorite part in this whole scene is this mute chick we were talking about. She does like some kind of like sexy reveal. Like you couldn't see the fact that she's wearing a skin tight bodysuit. Like yeah. this is clearly a woman. And she like pulls off the mask and her hair is like, oh, I'm a woman and my hair is pretty or whatever. But what kills me with that is she, every other scene, she's walking around with her hair like slicked back into like a ballerina bun. Like, she never has her hair down. So why in God's name would she have her hair down under a hot-ass mask while she's trying to fight? In, it should be tied back. I feel like this scene, because it feels like one of those reveals, like, it's like the Dark Knight Rises, right? Where yeah, and it means it's nothing. revealed that the love interest was actually the villain the whole time, and everyone knew that going into the movie, but whatever. It's similar to that, but there's no reason to reveal that this blonde chick has been the person fighting for the Yakuza. I mean, like, exactly. obviously, her mom is the head of the Yakuza. It's probably her fighting. So... Yeah. And earlier, we see her, like, doing some judo training and stuff. Right. So we already know she can fight. Why is this supposed to be surprising? It was the dumbest reveal I've ever seen. Yeah, it was... It just doesn't make any sense. I feel like there was another storyline there that was supposed to be, like, she's met Frank Castle before, and, like, this is supposed to be a reveal to him. But it, yeah. it's, it's not... It's either that or, like, look, you got your ass kicked by a woman and it's supposed to be, like, an 80s masculine thing. But that's the only other thing I can think of. But like I said, you can fucking tell she's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, like, like I said, like, this is the scene that cements the fact that Frank Castle in this movie cannot fist fight. That then is retconned later. Because then later... In like, the final scene. Yeah. Which is, like, a day later, maybe, he is super martial artist. So. But it's a fun scene. It's probably one of my favorite scenes in the film, so... Moving along, I think this is my scene next. This is you. Yes. So, okay, he has, uh, in between the scenes that we're talking about, he gets tortured on a, on a table whose purpose I don't understand. He sort of gets, like, drawn and quartered, like he gets his arms and legs pulled in opposite directions, so he gets stretched out. But what is that table doing the rest of the time? Anyway, he gets out of there... I forget how, it doesn't really matter. He's constantly escaping in ways that don't make a lot of sense. And he then goes to rescue the kids, finally finding out where they actually are. He, he steals a bus and then goes to this warehouse after kicking a drunk guy off the bus. How many drunk people are in this movie? Like, alcohol seems to be like a secondary villain or something. You tell us how are, many drunk people are in New York. Are we including the crew of this movie? <laughs> oh, burn. sick burn. I'll see myself out. <laughs> but okay, uh, I'm going to kind of gloss over the actual rescue scene. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. There's a couple of bait and switches where he almost shoots a kid. All in good fun. Um, 
so they uh, he gets the he gets all but one of the kids onto the bus and drives away with them and there's a there's a chase scene that is hands down my favorite scene in the movie uh, so many insane things happen for one thing as he's driving the bus away there's a uh, like a blockade of yakuza in front of him who are like standing slightly in front of a burger joint and the yakuza all open fire and are firing at the bus and the the man, the guy manning the burger joint, who is nowhere near the line of fire, like throws a bunch of straws in the air and falls backwards. I was so confused by it. I kept watching and I was like, this guy is like the actor, what his movements are telling me is that he's getting shot. But just by the way of the geometry of the scene, he's definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I know these are like, it's hard to, to describe that to you, the audio listener, but wow. Yeah, remember, we'll put up our favorite scenes too. So then uh, what happens is perhaps my favorite stunt that I've seen in a movie is a guy jumps into a moving bus through the front window. <laughs> like jumps off of another car that like the bus hits and yeah. he uses that force to like rocket into the bus. It's amazing. I gasped. I stood up. <laughs> I was like, whoa. But then they immediately throw him off the bus. Like it's, it, it where well, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a great scene where he's got to like fight and drive. And like the kids are there also. It's, it's, uh, it's resolved immediately. And then a second guy grabs onto the outside of the bus and then he's murdered by children. Yeah. The That's kids hard. like, like beat on his fingers in like a very humorously, uh, like they're not doing anything. They're like just very weakly slapping at the stuntman's hands. It's cute. But then, <laughs> then he falls off and immediately gets run over in another very good stunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like, like straight on. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Did they actually kill that guy? <laughs> uh, they had to. He's just like full on run over, tires go over his midsection, the dude's dead. Yeah. Insane. And that's kind of the end of it, except uh, uh, the Punisher shakes one of the tails by like causing them to run off the road just by like tapping their car like in a repeating frequency, just sort of like bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum. And then, like, that confuses the driver enough where he just, like, lets go of the wheel for a second and crashes into the back of a pest control truck. Ha, ha, ha. Clever 80s movie. Clever. The, the thing I hated about this scene is how fucking stoic Dolph Lundgren is the whole time. Because, like, they keep showing these brief shots of him, like, driving, and then he kind of, like, looks to the side and, like, keeps looking to the side. But he's got no expression on his face. He's not moving the bus anywhere but he just like kind of is like just checking out the situation yep they're still there he's gonna keep driving yeah he just like vin diesels it the whole time oh yeah just yep. as little as emotion as possible <laughs> so that's kind of that scene and then he uh surrenders um although i was kind of thinking you know what you probably could have just like let the kids get off the front of the bus and then you climb out the back window like you've clearly escaped from weirder situations yeah like a mansion already. explosion earlier so yeah. yeah like you like went into the water and then just later you're in the sewer did we mention that he lives in the sewer <laughs> we mentioned it at the end he definitely lives in the sewer he mostly just drives his motorcycle through the sewer that's Which like is half a of this fucking movie. insane concept motorcycles <laughs> are very loud how does yeah. he get it in and out of the sewer maybe his too 
<laughs> or like five stationed around the city where he can just pick them up. This is my sewer bike. This is my land bike. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense because the sewer bike was like smeared with gray stuff. He is constantly smeared with like dirty brown like smears of everything, including his five o'clock shadow. Yeah, the the five o'clock shadow still bothers me because like it doesn't even remotely look like five o'clock shadow. It looks like he smears dirt on his face every morning. Yep. Like I'm and currently it's very at it. straight. Like the top of it is like they applied it with, by like taking a sponge and dragging it down his face. Oh yeah, it's definitely brushed out with a makeup brush, just like precisely in the shape of his jaw. Yep. Which it's Dolph Lundgren. His jaw is bananas. <laughs> yeah. Um, True. Yeah. I will say though, I mean, like, the problem aside of them putting five o'clock shadow on his face with makeup, he does look like a good Punisher. He just looks like a good young Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. He does look great with black hair. I. But I mean. Yeah. I just, yes, I just yeah, because he is also blonde. If, if also, I don't know if we've mentioned like if you don't know who Dolph Lundgren is, uh, if you've seen like what is it? It's a Rocky Four that he's in. He plays Ivan Drago. Uh, he's in the Expendables. He's a big blonde dude. He's in the uh, Believer video for Imagine Dragons. He's a big blonde guy. Yeah, think sort of like a contemporary of Arnold Schwarzenegger, except also he has like a crazy PhD in particle physics or something. It's or microbiology. It's chemistry. It's chemical engineering. Yeah, it's chemical engineering. That's Which is insane. Yeah. Awesome. Good for him. Yeah. He has a master's degree in it from some prestigious college in Australia. Yeah. And he also has a very hit or miss acting career. Uh, I still <laughs> love him to death, though. First thing oh, I saw no. him in is Rocky, and I've loved him ever since. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. The shit ends. The final. Yes. So, um, after... Frank Castle is very briefly detained by the police. Uh, he's set free uh, by the bad guys. Um, I guess there are like three mobsters left in the city, and they're the ones who save him. Basically, the main mobster bad guy is like, look, I know we've had our differences, but you're going to help me find my kid. And Dolph is like, sure, but I'm going to kill you later. They're like, oh, okay, that seems fair. So they decide to like storm the building I don't know what building this is or like if this is the mob's old headquarters that the Yakuza took over and they did it very quickly by putting up, I don't know, a thousand paper walls. Because I mean, it's not the mob's headquarters, which is what I originally thought it was. But remember the detective gets kidnapped and he's in the mob's headquarters. And then he goes to the Yakuza's headquarters after oh, he escapes. Oh, yes, they are two different He flips places. the pizza. He eats one of the slices off the ground like I really was hoping he was going to do. And then he escapes. So it is a different place, even though it's probably actually in real life the same place. Yeah, it seems like the same building that they just like rented out for a few weeks for this. So uh, our actor buddy uh, finally gets to play a part. He's finally given a gun. For some reason, he's wearing like a Tails like, like he's missing a top hat. He almost looks like he could go to the opera. That's why I thought he's like, oh, he's going to play a part where like his acting is going to come into play. No, he doesn't. His job is to press a button after five minutes and then press another button after 15 minutes. Uh, he fucks that up. 
Which I don't uh, even know what those buttons did. Like one button just turned all the lights red and then the other one blew up something. They both blew up something. Oh. But yeah, like one blows up the power grid so the emergency lights come on and right. the other one I I thought was going to blow up the building but I guess blew up the elevator controls. Oh, that yep. makes sense, I guess. Does it? No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, so we get, as uh, Cameron said, the buddy cop thing except... One of them is a cop and the other one is a bad guy. Just like roaming around killing people, they walk into a room with like 30 meditating samurai students and massacre them. Like they kill like almost, like all but two of them that they other, like they just also kill briefly, very quickly. It's, it was so like upset. It felt really like, oh, oh, are we the good guys? Oh no. Definitely not. My favorite is just when they walk into that room, they just, like, if you watch the first shot, they start to fall down before the guns fire. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Just, just to help. Again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So now we get, like, a very extended fight scene. A lot of people coming through walls, hiding behind walls. There was one point where at the end of a particular, like, fight segment, Dolph just grabs a knife and stabs into the wall where a guy was hiding, but I guess, like, wasn't ready to come out yet. Yeah, he just, like, falls through the wall. That was hilarious. (laughs) Yep. And then uh, then Dolph walks into a room where these uh, two suits of armor are standing in the corner. Oh, no, wait, just kidding. There are guys in those suits of armor. What the fuck was the plan there? Did they, like, were they prepared for this? Are those guards specifically for this circumstance? Or did they hear what was going on and instead of going to help their friends, took a long time to put on ceremonial samurai armor? I like the idea that they scooby-dooed it and they hid in the samurai armor. Yeah. That's the best one. But it, it again, does, like, beg the question in this movie, like, what are the ninjas doing in their free time? Are they just sitting around places... Dolph Lundgren might show up because that's what it feels like. <laughs> yep, that's fair. I was also wondering, what does the Punisher do in his spare time? Because hear me out here. Five years of 125 murders, 25 murders an average per year. That's one murder every two weeks. Does he just hang out in the sewer? He, I mean, it looks I like mean, he naked meditates in front of a yeah. fire in the sewer. He naked meditates in the sewer. And, and when he's not showers. doing that... Yeah, and when he's not doing that, he drives around on his motorcycle in the sewer and has an existential crisis about his family. And about how God won't talk to him anymore. For half a decade, he's been doing that, and then he kills people in between. Huh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up, Cameron. Yeah, I'm, cl- I'm happy I'm here. Yeah, Happy to help. <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, this is sort of the... This is right at the very end. The mute girl has a fight scene with Dolph Lundgren that is... Uh, a, a, like a good fight, but very poorly edited. Like I liked the the beats that happened. It was a genuine like, oh nope, uh, you know, one person has the advantage now, the other person does. I always like that. But then her neck just gets snapped, <laughs> and, and that's it. I was kind of surprised. Didn't feel like that makes, was the end of the fight. <laughs> she makes a lot of weird sounds. Like she's like growling at him. Yeah, she doesn't have a line of dialogue in this unless you include the growling sounds. Which I guess is probably why we've all just assumed that she's mute. But like they never say that. But there is, she a, is um, like, when they're talking things. about like this woman is the head of the yakuza. She 
uh, adopted this mute American girl from birth. Oh, really? So they say... Yeah. So, oh. like, she is mute. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, um, and the scene you were talking about before this where they're fighting with the mannequins in the room is, like, the only time where Lundgren sort of looks like he knows what he's doing. And Cam was telling me that actually, like, they brought in real fighters for that scene. And... They refuse to do fake fighting because it's like dishonorable for their culture. Oh, so they were really kicking his ass. They were really yeah. actually spar hitting each other, which is not like a real hit. It's like taps, but right. it it is enough to be like, why would you edit around this? Like, you don't need to do the Liam Neeson jumps over a fence with 11 cuts thing. <laughs> you can do regular, like a wide shot and just show it because they're actually fighting. So, are they, like, legitimately sparring? So, I don't... Yeah, and another thing, too, Dolph Lundgren is a black belt. Yeah. He's actually trained in martial arts, but they, like, don't use it. Or, like, maybe he forgot. I don't know. But, like, he looks terrible in this movie. <laughs> he forgot? Since you're on your <laughs> resume, uh, you can... your black belt? Yeah, I don't remember how to do that, though. Yeah, it's been a little while. I, bought, like I, I think I bought the belt. Moving on. <laughs> The final bit here where the Yakuza boss is like is holding the mobster boss's son at knife point and is basically like, get on your knees and shoot yourself in the head. Like, that's how I'm going to let this kid stay alive. And it's like really fucked up and tense. I was like genuinely like, okay, I like this, this character seems absolutely crazy enough to slit this boy's throat. Like, I would not be shocked if that's how this movie ended. Um, it doesn't because instead, uh, <laughs> Dolph Ludgren once again just bursts through a paper wall and throws a knife through her forehead. Yeah, you know, you know Which what? Also, though? doesn't phase the child at all. You know what though? Like, god damn it, did they use those paper walls? Like, if you're gonna put paper walls in something, you might as well just break them oh, because yeah. it's amazingly fun to watch people get thrown through walls. So at least they used them. To that point? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> At least they got some use out of them. They, they ordered 500 panels and they broke 490 of them. Okay, so yeah, now the Yakuza boss is dead and everything should be great, right? Uh, uh-oh. It's almost as if the bad guy that he teamed up with is a bad guy. What? Yeah, whoa. And he's just sort of like, hey, kid, get, go out of the room. I'm going to take care of him. Don't worry about it. And then he just like monologues for a bit. I'm going to be the most powerful man in the world now, thanks to you. And now I'm going to shoot you. Uh, and then they have like a really awkward, like, I don't even want to call it a fight. They're sort of just like rolling around on top of each other. Yeah, like awkward wrestling. Yeah, until the, uh, the dad finally uh, somehow gets shot in like the side of his body. Under his coat. And that makes sense to me. Listen. Listen. Listening. Listen. That's they, what we're here to do. Listen. They roll around. Okay. They're rolling around, having a bit of friend slapping, and then they're wrestling over the gun. And when they're wrestling over the gun, you know, it's shifting all around. This dude's coat is very loose. It's not buttoned up. So then as Dolph Lundgren finally gets a hand on the gun, he just pulls the trigger. And at that point, it's just like in a weird position underneath. Boom. Science. Okay. <laughs> So he's dead. Well, thank you from Cameron's Science Corner. 
please keep me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honestly it. Yeah. Like the, the cops show up and then he asks where the kid, where Frank went. And there's a blood trail leading outside to a patio where once again, I am forced to ask the question, how did he escape from this situation? Because they're on top of a goddamn skyscraper. Yeah. Do you remember in the dark night when in Japan, I think, or no, it was in China, Batman jumps off the building and he glides into another building. Yeah. You, Punisher did that just without a cape. <laughs> so like, he just glided, glowed. What's the past uh, tense of glide? Glued. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So he glued through the air without any kind of like wings or sails or anything. He has a biker's jacket. But not the correct one. <laughs> Maybe if it was the trench coat, I'd believe it a little more. <laughs> I like to think he found somewhere to hide out there. So when the detective came running out, screaming his name, he's actually like hiding behind a door. But he <laughs> oh just- my God, I would have loved that. We just see a little thing of him like peeking out around the corner and then like straightening back up. <laughs> and then he left later. You yeah. forgot the part in this scene where the kid is like, I'm going to kill you. And like... Oh picks up the gun and he's and then the Punisher turns around and he's like okay and gets on his knees do it which at that point he is the same height as the child <laughs> on his knees and he's like all right fine kill me get it over with now maybe you won't be an asshole later and the kid just like cries into his chest like oh you just killed my father but I'm gonna cry on you yep and then the cops show up yeah uh I and then will he's say got another little monologue at the end I guess yeah, and while he's narrating that monologue thing or whatever, like when he's in the sewer, if that's what you're talking about, I will say he's very naked, uh, and it's zooming in. Don't look too closely. Uh, yeah, because Cam was or looking you for his might balls. see. I wasn't looking for it, okay? <laughs> I, Cam, I will step up to defend you because I also was not looking <laughs> for them, and I saw them. They're just there. Usually you put it in a sock and you pull it up. Because that's why in most movies, like think about like Hugh Jackman in every movie he's in, you see his ass at some point and you don't see anything else because it's in a sock and it's pulled up. But they didn't do that for this. So it's just Dolph hanging out, literally. Don't look too closely. Unless, unless it was literally like half a second of a shot, you two. It, it was, he was like sitting very wide splayed legs and like his feet were just framing that area. Yeah. Cam had it's, to show me a couple times before I saw it. I, listen, <laughs> okay. I will say I'm not like, I'm not like weirded out that it's there. I'm just surprised that they put it in the movie because usually yes. movies get away from, with not doing that. They usually, I mean, literally it's, it literally is a sock and you just, Anyway, yeah. so the movie ends with Dolph Lundgren's nuts yeah. in a fireplace. So don't look too close unless you're unless you're into it, and then uh, like that's up to you, right? I'm sure the the chick that played the Yakuza boss was into it. Probably has a poster on the wall <laughs> of her home. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's the movie, and um, apparently Robert is the only one that has anything good about this. Yeah, um, I liked the Punisher's makeup. We talked about how terrible the five o'clock shadow is, but Overall, he seems like really beat up and dirty and run down. Um, like someone who is actually living in the sewers would say. Uh, also, Cameron, I'm not saying this word that you added here. You said it. I just made the word. No, okay. I said sewer superhero and you made it a portmanteau. And I said sewer superhero. 
So uh, I like sewer per hero. That's what the TMNT is. They're sewer per heroes. <laughs> that's an awful word. Sewer per. But I mean, like, that's fair because he is legitimately just unnecessarily dirty the whole time, which makes sense, if I guess, if you're living in a sewer. Yeah. I like the fancy gunplay. You mean the terrible gunplay? His fancy toes dancing gunplay. I think it's fun. It's I've never seen it in a movie before. I like when he runs and he looks like he's about to fall down because he's mostly just flailing. I think it's just because he runs with his back so straight and the gun down so low that it just looks like like ballet. Also like times when he's running without the guns and he's just kind of like. Yeah, he flails <laughs> when he does that. Can't really flail with a gun though. Like, yeah, I think this comes down to one of those, like, you guys ever hear that thing about, like, oh, the best action star is someone who's, like, short and lean? Because, like, yeah, when you're tall and you're trying to run, like, you've got a lot more, like, square footage to figure out on your body. Yeah, and yet Tom Cruise is one of the shortest men in history, and he still cannot figure out how to run. I swear. <laughs> he runs differently in every single film, and it's never correct. It never looks right. He does but Yeah, what, uh, what could have been fixed about this movie? Um, can we give him his actual outfit? Yeah, right. I mean, Jesus, it's not hard. It's a skull t-shirt and a black coat. And it's a cool trench coat. It's a really cool trench coat. I want it. (laughs) With the whole outfit. His outfit's not the worst in this. It's just Comic-Con next year. Yeah, you should. It'd be dope. It's not like the worst outfit. It's just that Punisher's outfit is so iconic. Yeah. And it's what makes him Punisher is that white like paint bled skull on the shirt and it's just cool yeah but yeah so that's how you fix it is that the only way you fix it no and i also said there are too many cuts in all the fight scenes and if they're doing real fighting especially why the fuck are we cutting it like everything's a close-up shot like oh look the knife went in his neck and oh look we're punching him in the side but it's just the fist in the side of the guy's body like you don't get to see anything yeah. Show me the fight scenes. Yeah. That's how you fix it? Yep, that's me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How do you fix it? I don't know. Maybe cut down on the dubbing. That's something that honestly bothers me whenever I watch a movie and there's too much of it. Yeah, One of the same. kids, the kid with glasses, was entirely dubbed. Most of the kids, it seemed, were entirely dubbed. Like, that little girl was clearly just an adult that was edited to be squeaky. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. And honestly, the uh, the actors who played anybody in the mob were just so over the top. <laughs> no. Over the L- top in the mob? <laughs> Remember the bit with the walkie-talkie with, where, where one guy's like, hey, I don't know how to work this. And the other guy's like, flips the switch and is like, there, it's not that hard. And then they just devolves immediately into, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, yeah. I had that in my notes oh. and I completely forgot to bring that up. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the, guy, the fuck you guys who, like, pull out guns at each other. Fuck you, fuck you. I feel like that yeah, and then, the, like, the next thing is, like, hey, how are you doing up there? It's like, I gotta take a piss. Ah, so take a piss. What are you telling me for? <laughs> yeah, it's very much like they saw The Godfather as an acting team and they just did it. But to the best of their ability. Yeah. Which is not. Not. Yeah. So that's how you fix it. What about you? It's solid. I mean, like, so like I said, I think Dolph Lundgren was a good choice for the part. I think, like, he does need some more lines. He barely speaks in this. And when he does, it's a mumble. It's a light mumble. And so you can fix it with that. Uh, like you guys already said some of the things, I think. Fixing the outfit, fixing the cuts. Uh, fixing some of the acting from the mobsters. I will say that 
one of the things I really wish wasn't in there is the cliche detective partner that's yeah. in there. He's unnecessary. I don't like him. He just keeps telling me things I already know. And I don't need him in this. However, I will say if they had taken him out and made her his original partner and like she had been searching him out, I wouldn't have been like as mad or just if he had been searching him out on his own. But like the whole I work alone thing, I don't need a partner. What? You want to be my partner? Okay, fine. You can be my partner. And then like the weirdness of he finds Frank and then he's like, I'm retired now. I didn't need that either. And then he just comes right back out of retirement to scream at Frank from a rooftop that Frank's probably still standing on. So (laughs) I, yeah, I mean like I would have probably just taken out most of the detective story and made it more of like an introspective with Castle rather than with the detective. Yeah. yeah, we really don't even need the police in here, but if they had to be in there, because, I mean, you're not going to chop Lou Gossett Jr. out of your movie. Give them something to do, something to actually accomplish, because they don't do anything. Like, they barely move the plot along except as pawns themselves. Well, and I still don't understand. Why does, like, I was expecting the detective to team up with Punisher because that would have made sense to me. Yeah. Like, one more last ride here. But... Instead, he teams up with the mobsters. Why? Why on earth would he team up? Like, I would have thought that Punisher would have just shot that dude in the head and then just killed the Yakuza himself because he's the Punisher. Right. That's what he does. He doesn't need a partner. And then he could have saved the kid and been like, by the way, your dad's dead. I'm going to go jump off the roof now. <laughs> and that could have been the end of the movie. Didn't even need the mobster to be buddy cop with him. It didn't make any sense. Or he should have taken those two kids and lived with them in the sewer. Like, tried to recreate his life before. You're my children now. (laughs) Train the replacements. (laughs) Oh my god, yes. And, like, the ending is, like, it's sort of like uh, the end of, like, Batman and Robin, where, like, like, he walks out behind, like, with a big backlight, and then the two little kids, but they're all carrying giant machine guns. See, I was thinking, like, like after you said that, like, my only thought was, like, they're riding through the sewers, but he's on his motorcycle, and they've got, like, motor scooters right behind him. <laughs> okay. This the is Punisher the the and the Punishlings. The Punishlings. Cameron. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, wait. Can I say something real quick? As long as it's not Punishlings again. No, it's not Punishlings. <laughs> I, that's copywritten Marvel. Don't use it. I would like to say that I really, 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 really want them to do a Michael Keaton thing where we're getting Michael Keaton's Batman again in the new Flash movie. Mm-hmm. I want that with Punisher. I really want Dolph Lundgren back as Punisher in some way, shape, or form. I would I would love that. I what think it'd be really it? fun. Especially after he did like Expendables and stuff and we know he's still super campy and cheesy. I would I would love it. He's definitely done some Botox and has the same tan that Trump does. Put him in Deadpool, if Disney's even willing to make another Deadpool movie. Put him in Deadpool. You know how much fun it would be to see Dolph Lundgren's Punisher with Deadpool? Oh, that would be perfect. It would be so much fun. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the last thing I had to say. Thank oh, you for right. listening. We're on <laughs> social media. Oh, Really, are we? We are. Uh, you yeah. can follow us on Twitter and Facebook specifically at 50 Foot Podcast. Um, and definitely send us your recommendations because, as we've proven, we will watch it. We will. We have confirmed we read that it. now. We um, do read it. Leave us your reviews. You can do it on like Stitcher and Apple and uh, I don't know, other places. 
it helps if you do it on Apple or on Facebook because a lot of people see those. Oh, yeah, Facebook. Uh, so those are good ones. Follow our Facebook page. We do post the videos. So like we talk about our favorite scenes. Uh, if you haven't listened to us before, like we just did that, we, we post those on Facebook. So if you're ever looking for those, we'll find them for you. That way you don't have to watch the movie if you don't want to. Uh, though I will say, I don't know if we said that in this one, watch this movie because it's fun. That's what I said, so. Yeah, it's it's for free on YouTube. It's 80 minutes long, so it's not really a huge time commitment. Yes. Um, and like I said, I would, like, I see it as a okay 80s action movie. I would absolutely watch it again, and I pretty much watched it for a second time today. So, it's, it is more fun than I was expecting. But anyway, yeah, that's all we've got for you, I think, right? Yep. Thanks for listening. I'm Allie. I'm Cameron. And I'm Cameron. That's Cameron. I'm also Cameron. We're all Cameron. Okay, bye. Everybody's Cameron. <laughs> are we going to say bye? Robert, say I bye. I did. Bye. <laughs> bye. Hey, what?